In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Greetings, loved ones. Let's take a journey.
Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. I am Ryan Bailey. I I guess if we're going by that song, I am the DJ that will not make it stop. Uh, I hope everybody's going to have a great Wednesday. I feel that we are together as one. Uh, I picked that one, California Girls by Katy Perry, because we have a California girl with us today. We have, from the first season of Real Housewives of Orange County, Joe De La Rosa. And uh, if you haven't watched all of the seasons of Real Housewives of Orange County, what are you even doing with your lives? Now, the, the, the crazy thing is, Joe was like super young when she did the show. And I talked to her last week and she's still super young. I was like, how do you look the same? Like, I don't know. I, I, I can't wait for you guys to hear this interview. But I want to say also the coolest thing about this interview is that I don't know if you guys heard the news. I, I saw it was on page six and a bunch of different outlets. She got engaged over this past weekend, and we talk about her and her uh, boyfriend at the time in the interview, and a couple days later, he popped the question, and uh, I was like, damn, I really, I talked to her at the wrong time. I could have talked to her, you know, and, and guess what? She came back on, and we got, I wanted to talk to her and just find out a little bit of how he popped the question, and she tells us the whole romantic story, so she does a whole nother 10-minute thing at the end of the first first interview. She was so nice and kind to do that, and I was so happy. I wanted to give you a couple Real Housewives of Orange County facts before we get into this, because today I just wanted to do the interview, a couple Real Housewives of Orange County uh, facts, and we will be on our merry way, folks. Because, um, oh, you guys, you guys know who I'm talking to. Uh, While you're hearing this, I will be talking to Monique Samuels, former cast member of Real Housewives of Potomac. So please send out uh, well wishes in your head today. Send send some vibes, some positive energy. I really want that to go well. Uh, But we, uh, man, I got to tell you, I say this all the time and and I I hope you can hear it. But it is so cool. There are so many cool people in this world, you know, like we all, everybody has something so cool in them and you never, you don't, we don't really get to see it because we're too busy like driving or walking, you know, like we don't get to get into these long conversations with people. And it is so cool when you do, because you're just like, man, everybody, how did everybody become so cool? Like I, it just, it blows my mind. And like, I don't know. So I can't say enough about that, but so real housewives of orange County. Remember you guys, it is the first franchise of the real housewives universe. So it pre- premiered on March 21st, 2006. Now I told Joe this in the interview, but guess what other, guess what else premiered that same day? Twitter, the social media app, Twitter premiered on that same day. So, so far it's aired 15 seasons. I believe they're working on its 16th right now where Heather DeBro is coming back. Um, and it, it was intended to focus on the personal and professional lives of several women residing in Orange County, California. Uh, so that is, <laughs> that was like the, the mission statement of that show, if you will. So the first season of this show, these were the cast members. Okay, this is great. Uh, Kimberly Bryant. I don't know if you guys remember her, Kimberly. We talk about her a little bit in this interview. Uh, of course, Joe De La Rosa. The Queen, Vicky Gunvalson, the OG of the OC. Uh, Jeannie Keogh, which we talked to her son, Shane, and we talk about Shane in this interview as well. And Lori Peterson. Then it was Lori Waring. Um, uh, Lori Peterson. 
yeah, Lori Peterson, but at the time it was Lori Waring. Um, so Kimberly Bryant left after the first season. Tammy, not Knickerbocker, if you guys remember, Tammy joined the cast for the second season, which premiered January 16th, 2007. So first one was March 21st, 2006, then all the way January 16th, 2007. Um, and that's when Joe exited the, the, uh, the second season as a full-time housewife. And then the third season came back for guest appearances, um, so I was just reading some of these names and just listen to these names through the ages. Do you guys remember Quinn Fry? I, I, I'm tr- Tamara judge, of course, Lynn Curtin, Gretchen Rossi, Alexis Bellino, which we talked to a couple of weeks ago here at the podcast. We really are making our way through some housewives uh, of OC lately. Uh, Peggy, uh, Tanuis, I think you say her last name, Heather DeBro, Lydia, Lydia McLaughlin, Lizzie Rovzek, the, the swimsuit, uh, designer, Shannon Storms Vidor, Megan King Edmonds, Kelly Dodd, Peggy Sulihan, Gina Kirschenheiser, <laughs> Emily Simpson, Bronwyn Wyndham Burke, and Elizabeth Lynn Vargas. You know, isn't it crazy? You would think, you, you think there's so many other castmates through the years, but these are the cast members of of this uh, show. I also thought about all the different nights this show was on. So the series has been on uh, sometimes some seasons on Monday night, some seasons on Tuesday night, some seasons on Wednesday, Thursday, and even Sunday evening. And uh, it's aired anywhere from 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock to 10 p.m. time slots, which I thought was wild. Now, this is a show that it, it, the first housewives spinoff show came from this franchise uh that was of course date my ex with joe and slade joe de la rosa our guest today that was the first spinoff um and it documented de la rosa as she began dating after moving to los angeles where potential suitors were regularly surveyed by slade smiley uh, we do talk a little bit about slade and and in a really positive manner for the most part um it's just so funny. I always think about like, imagine dating somebody or engaged to somebody and then having to keep being asked about that person. Like think about your high school ex, you guys. What if like 15 years from now, like I, I come, like everybody asks you about that person in some form, like it would be kind of bizarre. Um, but that was the first spinoff. And then of course, uh, the second spinoff from Real Housewives of Orange County was uh, Tamara Barney's uh, Tamara's OC wedding when she uh, she got married to Eddie Judge. You know what? I've never seen Tamara's OC wedding. I call myself a fan. What am I even doing out here? What a rookie! Um, but I just wanted to give you a little, uh, you know, a, a little taste. But I when they originally pitched the show, so this of course was uh, it was created by a gentleman named Scott Dunlop. He's the show's creator. And it was originally planned to be set in a single gated community in Cota de Casa, California. So the show was inspired uh, by shows like Desperate Housewives and a show called Peyton Place from the, the, I think Peyton Place was from the 70s. And it would document the lives of upper class women who, quote, led glamorous lives in a Southern California gated community where the average home has a 1.6 million price tag and residents included CEOs and retired professional athletes. I love at the time at this time, 1.6 million was like, whoo, we're talking a bunch of Bill Gates over there. Um, so I wanted to give you that as a little setup. Now, 
Joe in the show, uh, we, we find out, you know, in the very beginning, she is uh, with Slade Smiley, and that is how she is introduced to this show. And I believe, kind of in a way, she was the everyman or the everywoman uh, character. We kind of saw it through her because she was the youngest of the cast. Uh, she was uh, she didn't really have any friends at the time or with these ladies. She didn't have a connection like some of these ladies did have to each other. But what I find really fascinating in this interview and what I really I, I got to tell you, you know how you get vibes from people. Joe has a really good vibe. Like, honestly, she has a really good vibe. Uh, I'm going to put all the information for her YouTube channel. She's I, she's taking it. You'll hear she's taking it really seriously. Um, and she's the kind of person that I was like, ever talking to her, I was like, I really, I want her to succeed. Like, she's a good person. Like, I mean, she, she really, because we even talk about her moving to LA, starting a singing career. She has an album, you guys, you can find on Spotify called Unscripted. But, um, and I listened to the whole thing last week. I mean, for that, for, for 2000. Eight, I believe when it was released, like that was the sound back then. It's, I mean, it's good for 2008. I was like, Oh, this is, I, I, I liked it. But the other thing that I thought was great was after that music career, she talks about the phone not ringing as much, you know, and realizing that, you know, you're not as popular as you once was or once were. And then, you know, even having to, you know, take bartending jobs and all of this stuff. And I just, I thought it was like a really, she spoke about a really like very cool and a humble person. And I was just, uh, I don't know. I was really surprised at, uh, just how down to earth she is and unaffected. Um, which by the way, I mean, I guess if you do a show in 2006 that we still all talk about and freak out about, I guess that's where <laughs> we're probably the weird ones, but I thought she was just really great. And it was like, just one of those people I got. And I talked to her again today and I was like, man, I think I would be friends with this person. She just, she was just really cool. And I really, I want good things for her. So I hope you guys dig this interview. I thought it was a really positive one. And, um, and so without further ado, uh, the lady of the hour, uh, Joe De La Rosa. Oh, and you guys, right before the interview, I'm going to play the season one intro and you will hear how far even the intros have come in terms of housewives taglines. Vicky's tagline is, I don't want to get old. Okay. Joe De La Rosa. pretty much keeping me. Are the police involved? It's just money and you can't take it with you. 85% of the women around here have had breast implants. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Uh, as you know, the last couple of weeks, I've tried to highlight people that I think are legends in these reality shows that we love. And here is somebody today with us that created the whole thing. One of the first five ladies to be on a Housewives franchise, one of the most important franchises to Bravo, Real Housewives of Orange County. Uh, what you might not know is this person did so much more and is still doing amazing things afterwards. Uh, I mean, she was a a uh, pop star for a bit. She was, uh, uh, she's now a content creator. She's in uh, digital advertising. I mean, too many things to ask her about. Let's get into it right now. Joe De La Rosa, thank you so much for being here. 
Oh my gosh, what an introduction. Thank you. I mean, but see, I was watching the first season and I I watched the first season the when it aired and it was kind of legendary for its time. Like it really you got to be a part of something that I think uh, not a lot of people get to be the start of something. Yeah, I don't think any of us really knew what we were getting into when we started. I think we all just thought, "Oh, this is like a fun little thing we're going to do." I know for me who wanted to do it. So I was like, being the good fiance then that I was, I was like, yeah, of course, I'll do it with you. And well, so that, that, I mean, so uh, Slade, of course, uh, is her ex and, and we, you know, that whole storyline is highlighted on the show, but like, he was the one that wanted to be on the show. It wasn't something that you saw a casting notice and was like, Hey, that looks fun. Right. Yeah. So Slade was actually in the entertainment industry and like he had an agent, he was modeling, he was going to audition. He was doing sit-ups in his underwear on the first episode. Yeah. <laughs> he was doing sit-ups in his underwear, <laughs> getting his body ready. <laughs> so yeah, so he was kind of like, because he was a cycling national champion, he got a lot of sports deals to do like sponsored stuff um, in LA. So it was kind of his realm. And at the time I, I had no idea. I was just a girl working at a mortgage company that had literally just graduated college. So <laughs> yeah, like- you were so young and all of a sudden you, uh, like you can even tell the first scene, you guys, there's like a scene where they're there in the kitchen and she's like getting like, he has to go to work supposedly. And she's, you know, she's just stuck. Like you, you weren't working at the time and you didn't, you, you hadn't, you weren't used to having your days free. And it was like this kind of funny thing when you know, it's like the cameras are first on you. Was it completely awkward to start having cameras around you and try to have that relationship on camera? Completely. It was kind of like a weird thing where you're walking into a room and there's all these people around you and you're supposed to completely pretend like that is normal and it's not. And you have to try to like focus on like what you're doing, but you've got like mics and booms and cameras. And it was, and I was, again, I wasn't an actress, so it was <laughs> super uncomfortable, but I think every day that we did it a little bit more and more, it started to get a little natural to where at some point, I don't want to say the cameras disappeared, but you add a little alcohol and then the cameras <laughs> disappear. And then you make some really bad decisions as you saw Pete and zebra hats included. I know you really, but see, but that then set up this kind of legend of the housewives of where I feel like it almost is on steroids. Now, do you even still watch any of the franchises? Do you, do you keep, I talked to Alexis Bellino last week, or I think, and by the way, I talked to Shane Keogh last week and he says to say hello. Oh, Shane. I tried to get him. I tried to get him to make up a rumor that you guys made out, but he wouldn't do it. So <laughs> feel free to make up that rumor if you'd like to, but he wouldn't do it. I just got grilled on my reaction video. We just did for YouTube about that. So everybody <laughs> wants to grill us. Um, tell him I said hi if you talk to him again soon. Um, but yeah, I love Shane. But yeah, it it it's crazy. And, you know, I... After Housewives with like Slade and Gretchen and that whole thing and just like coming out and then Slade and Lauren, I was so young that when I left the show, I just kind of needed time away from all of that stuff. And I think, you know, just taking time for myself, just away from anything Housewife related, I really didn't watch the show. That's really smart. That means you actually care about your mental health. That's good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it was more like I moved to L.A., 
And then there was such a right after the show. And so right after I left the show. And so there was such a disconnect with me in Orange County at that point, because now I was in the city and I was, you know, caught up in the nightlife and getting invited because I was hot off the show. So I was getting invited to like all the newest restaurants and the newest clubs. And that was like when the hills were, the hills were yep. like popping, all of that stuff. Like you totally. probably were going to Joseph's, all those nightclubs oh, at the yeah. time. Yeah. That's actually how I ended up meeting Lauren Conrad and, and Audrina and like all of those. Cause our, um, our, we had actually, I'd gone to school with someone that was working at us weekly at the time that was like, you guys all need to meet. You're like all the orange County girls. So that's how that happened. And yeah, it was really fun. And I was at the height of my career, you know, when you're just hot off of a new show, you're like the it girl, right? Yeah. And and so it was really fun. So Housewives in Orange County, it was kind of like a distant memory, if you will. And also I was trying to get over an ex, you know, everybody saw a little bit of the drama that happened with Slade and I and the breakups and I just, I needed some space. So yeah, I didn't end up watching it. A very long answer to your short question. <laughs> no, I want, I want the longest answers possible. I, you, this is great. Like I'm, I, uh, I'm geeking out right now, but uh, I mean, you even did a reality show about you and Slade about date my ex. I mean, oh, that's one of the first Bravo spinoff shows I think they had. Yeah. So actually um, I was the first housewife to have their own TV show spinoff. So <laughs> As if I'm like, should I be proud of that? <laughs> I'll take the token. And I think that the show was a little bit before its time in the sense that like, it was like a hybrid between the bachelorette and then sticking, you know, 15 guys in a house with my ex-boyfriend to help pick my next boyfriend while I had just gotten a record deal was like being, and they try to like, merge it with like a hills type of yeah, yeah, yeah. Like storyline of like me pursuing my music career living with my two best friends in LA so it was kind of like this weird hybrid competition show reality thing and yeah we only yeah you were the first Bravo I think Bravo star with a music career I mean like now I mean you have like Countess Luann you have all these things but you actually had a full album in 2008 called Unscripted which you can find on Spotify you guys and that's actually really good for the time it like fits exactly you could even do a cover of one of my uh, favorite 80s songs Rumors you uh, the whole I mean it's a really it's only 31 minutes you guys you should actually listen to it but um, isn't it wild though to go from reality show to musician and to like, what, I mean, is there any similarities between the two industries? You know, I think the professionalism and the hustle, you know, in terms of like work ethic and stuff like that was the same work ethic I had when I was on Housewives in terms of like showing up, shoot dates, times and stuff like that. But no, the music industry is so completely different. And it's really funny because cameras were off after I got my record deal and moved to LA to do the music thing. What a lot of people don't know is my first single actually ended up on radio. My first music video ended up on MTV and I ended up touring like, and I got it. Didn't you open for somebody or? So um, we actually went to House of Blues and it was Joey Fatone hosting. It was like House of Blues, New York. Lady Gaga and myself before (laughs) Lady Gaga became Lady Gaga. Like it's, and I still have the flyer. It's so wild. And just like looking back on it. And then I ended up getting a publishing deal for songwriting through Sony. And my first um, one song that I wrote ended up on an episode of The Hills. You know, I had heard that actually. I was really doing music. And a lot of people didn't know that. 
I, I mean, I, um, I, I've been an actor in Los Angeles for, I mean, since I got here and you have these little kind of pockets of success, or I was on an episode of the office or how I met your mother or something, but people don't realize the struggle it is in any kind of entertainment. They kind of see this glamorous, glossy thing, or that's the image we want to present to people, I guess. But the reality of that situation is so much hard work, pain. Uh, you hear no 99.9% of the time. I yeah. mean, was that your journey as well a little bit after your album came out? Yeah, I think um, the crazy thing is, is I wasn't really, I, I was really lucky. The The way I got my record deal, the way I got my first agent, there wasn't really an audition for me. I think coming off of the show, I lived a very charmed life. A lot of the things I got after the show, I didn't have to audition to because I was Joe from Real Housewives. Like I, when you come off of a hot show like that, people just want to use you and projects and stuff like that. And also I wasn't trying to be an actress. I did try my stint in acting and it ends up that I hate memorizing scripts <laughs> and I absolutely hate auditions, like literally anxiety. It's really, it really is horrible. I mean, like it's, it's, it's the worst. worst. It's not real at all. It's oh my the gosh. weirdest. But I did actually go to a few auditions. One was to play like the stylist in 90210. And I was like, okay, went there. They loved my audition, got to know. Another <laughs> one was um, for a Skechers commercial. Like yes. you know, kind of stand and dance when Skechers was hot. Didn't get that. It's like rejection after rejection. Yeah. It's so great. <laughs> it's funny. I, I was, I went, I filmed an audition the other day for something and you know, I, you're just used to it. And somebody asked me, Hey, how'd you hit, get word about that audition? And I was like, I don't expect to ever get word. Like, I mean, this is just something, this is like purgatory where I just keep putting auditions on tape and I never hear, like, I don't expect to ever hear. It's just something I do, you it's know? It's so true. It's so true. So you do live in LA. Yeah. Yeah. I live uh, right off Melrose. Yeah. Yeah. Melrose and, uh, oh my gosh, we're totally neighbors. I'm right here on Hollywood. Oh, yeah, Melrose and Fairfax area. I love like, that. Yeah, no, it's, but I mean, so you do the music. When do you, when is it? Because I know then you got really successful in like digital advertising and, and things like that. But yeah. what makes you potentially start going, you know what? That dream is not going to be something I'm focused on as much as something more real and solid over here. Yeah. Um. So I was about 27 and everything had kind of popped in terms of my music. And like I said, the single got on radio, music video, all the stuff had hit so hard. And the owner of my record label went to rehab and everything started to kind of fall apart in terms of the label I was with. Um, it was a smaller label. Um, and at that time, it was really funny because they were kind of pushing me to be like the J-Lo pop star dancer girl. And I didn't want to do that. I wanted to go to Nashville with a guitar and write songs. But Latin country girls back in circa 2000, you know, eight was not the thing. Like Hootie and the Blowfish, I think had, he had just, Darius Rucker had just like- Which country? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was so new then. So um, I ended up getting a 360 deal after that from Universal Records. And oh, they wow. wanted, yeah, they wanted a piece of everything because I asked to leave the label. And honestly, again, it was just kind of like, I hated being on the road. I didn't love the direction they were pushing me to be a pop starlet. Um, they wanted me to be like the next JLo because I could dance. And it was really fun. Like my choreographer was Mikey Minden from Pussycat Dolls. It was a whole dance Wait, did you say, show. did you say Mikey Minden? Yeah. You, you know, Mikey Minden's yeah. Erica Jane's. Oh, <laughs> wow. That, whoa. What, it's that, so weird. It all connects. Because that, that was not, he was not, he was Pussycat Dolls when I was working. That's wild. Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah, I love Mikey. So um, yeah, so that's when I decided, okay, am I going to keep touring at 27 and keep doing this music thing, you know, and it wasn't really my passion, or maybe let's take a step back and go focus on something else. And to be honest with you, um, one of my girlfriends came up to me and was like, hey, there, you can make really good money bartending in Hollywood, actually. So I ended up doing that. And Wait, which, which, uh, which bar? Oh my gosh, uh, Boulevard 3, <laughs> which I'm sure you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, there was also these little like speakeasy like places I used to work at. Oh, I used, to, I used to run the bar. It used to be called Monroe's back in, uh, it was like the little, then it became Villa afterwards, right on like Melrose and like by the Pacific Design Center. Oh my gosh. Uh, but yeah, like there's all the like, so you bartended and then. Yeah, so I ended up taking, because I didn't come for money. So I needed to figure out like how I was going to pay my bills. And by the way, I just looked at the clock and just realized I actually do have an hour, so you're good. Oh my God, that would be amazing if I did, because I'm just, I'm like, now I have like 8 billion questions. No, so. no, no, you're good. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, just and, give me a high sign and I'll, I'll wrap it up whenever. If yeah, you, no, you're you know, good, yeah, you're yeah, good. Okay. I just got a notification, so you're good. Um, so yeah, so I used to bartend at Play, which was also another little one. <laughs> and it was crazy because people would come up to me and be like, they would recognize yeah. me like, bartending. They'd be like, Joe, what the hell are you doing serving drinks? And I think that people think when you've come off of a hot show that has reruns, you're making all this money. Yeah. The truth is that's not at all the case. Like, first of all, I didn't come from rich parents. Like I supported myself. And secondly, we don't get royalties. We're not sad. So reality and by the way, people also don't realize this is before influencer culture either. Because yeah. like now the bachelor and bachelorette, they all, you know, they get online and then they can yeah. make their living doing that. But this was, you know, I, I was telling uh, Alexis or, or Shane actually when Real Housewives of Orange County premiered was the first day Twitter premiered as well. What? It was this, you guys opened on the same day, Twitter, but it wasn't anything back then. It was just a very small social media app, but that premiered on the same night as Real Housewives of Orange County. Oh my gosh, that's so crazy. And then the other thing was, and don't even get me started on the Bachelorette and Bachelor franchise, because that's the thing right now. And one of my biggest struggles, which I know we'll eventually get to, but being a content creator, it's all about your social media numbers. Yeah. And I wasn't on Instagram. Like there was no Instagram at the time. I missed it by two years. So now when these girls go on the Bachelorette, even for one season. They're like a half a million followers oh already. God, and and like, you, I, I mean, it blows me away. Cause I'm like, wait, they didn't earn anything. Like, and I, no. I, I mean, but now it's kind of funny. Cause then I feel like we get into this habit of like, oh great. Now we have to take care of these guys for the rest of our lives. We have to keep clicking or they're going to like be destitute at some point, you know? Totally. And so that's the thing. People will ask me like, number one, Joe, why don't you have more followers? And I'm like, because there was no Instagram. And then that was the other thing is like the struggle is so real trying to make it in the content creator space because the number one thing I always get is like, yeah, Joe, we love you. We love the show, but come back to us when you hit a million followers, come back to us when you hit X amount. And I'm just like, ah. <laughs> like if I only had come out two seasons, oh, later it would have been, it would have been done for you. Like that would have been totally. But um, you know what? everything happens for a reason. And like, I know that it's going to be such a more awesome story, you know, having been like the, in the first crew. Yeah. Um, I mean, but I mean, I, well, and also you were in the first crew and you're, I mean, you're still insanely young. You were insanely young on that cast. I mean, yeah. what, what I'm saying is like, there's no, uh, 
what I love about uh, Hollywood or anything that we do is that there literally is no expiration date. If you're a, if you're an interesting person, if you're, and also you're, you know, you're good looking, you're all that you have. Like, I, I mean, I just think it's cool that you have that as the start of your story, yeah. you know, like then wherever your story goes, I mean, you've already lived four lifetimes from just reading about you, <laughs> but where did you grow up? Where, where, where did you start? Like uh, In Mission Viejo in Orange County. Okay. So the, you yeah. did live in California. Yep. Yep. I did. So, I mean, I was born in Peru and in, in Lima, South America, but, but my family's in Orange County. And, and how did you, do you meet Mr. Smiley? <laughs> Mr. Smiley. <laughs> oh, Mr. Smiley. Um, I had actually graduated from UC Irvine and my first job was at a mortgage industry and he was a title rep and I was a little assistant and to a mortgage, a big loan officer. And he would come in every week because we were his account. And I had no idea who he was. I didn't know he was one of the seven partners of this gigantic company. You just and, you just knew he matched his watches with his suit and tie. <laughs> as a, yeah. Exactly. I was just like, oh, he can kind of dress for 2006. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, my boss, because I was so new and fresh out of college, was like, please take my assistant out to lunch and teach her the business. And... That's he, how we, taught, he taught you the business. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Business. Well, and by the way, and just so you know, uh, she is actually one of, I'm, I'm insanely upset at her. She is one of the people that found love over COVID too. So just to fast forward, I don't know if you, <laughs> I was, I was researching uh, you a little bit and, and you're one of the the lucky people that actually did something with their COVID and, and found love. But uh, you're, well, he watches, he does the reaction video with her. You guys, you got to go sign up for her YouTube or, or click subscribe. I'll put all that information in the uh, description, but what does yeah. he think about your, your beginnings of this? Like, <laughs> Luckily I have someone who's, I found an incredible human who is not in the same industry as me, but he's in the industry because he's in the world of like music producing and musical theater and all of that. He's actually insanely talented. And so I don't know that he loves housewives because, <laughs> you know, throwing wine at each other and me in a pink boa taking off my top <laughs> at 26. Not really the vibe your ex wants to see. Oh, yeah. 2006 was a wild time. It was different. It was different. Wild time. Time. Exactly. But, you know, he always laughs or I still get recognized to this day. I would have is, to imagine you do. I mean, like. like so wild to me. And, and people will still come up, ask for a picture. And so every time that happens, he'll always kind of like, He's so sweet about it, but he'll always kind of giggle and laugh and I'll kind of like, like, stop. <laughs> What's the weirdest fan experience you've ever had? Um, I was at the Grove and I literally had this girl come up to me, literally jumping up and down, being like, oh my God, I can't believe it's <laughs> and like freaking out as if I was some creep. You would have thought I was like Leonardo DiCaprio or somebody. I was like, girl. But yeah. that's the fan base. The fan people, base is exactly yeah. like if you showed up at BravoCon in October, people would freak out. Like, I mean, that would that would be something. I mean, are, would you do something like that? I would totally go to BravoCon. You know, it's funny. I just did another um, podcast interview um, actually was, last week. My buddy and, Steve, actually. Yeah, this is my Bravo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, he asked me about BravoCon too. I've never gone. Bravo's never invited me just because I, you know, I, I will get invited to like parties and stuff with Bravo, but when it comes to BravoCon, I, you know, they've never reached out or anything, but 
I mean, I it's only the second, this will only be the second one in October. Oh, okay. Got but, it. But I mean, it would be, you would be key on a panel. I mean, like, I really think that is, is interesting. And I think it's more interesting to see how it's evolved over the years. Like, you know, watching your show, watching yours, like first season, especially, it's like watching a gritty documentary compared to what it is now, where it's so <laughs> glossy and it's so, you know, you had Lori's son back then and dealing with yeah. those, you had real, real issues. But even just to see how Vicky transformed, I mean, she started off intense, but to then see where she went is, I mean, like, imagine if you had stayed in it for like 13 seasons, who you oh would gosh. be at this point, you know? Oh my gosh, I know. Um, I also feel like they're, like, I have a younger audience now, you know, it's mainly millennials. And so, I don't know, I kind of like, I, I'm, I'm forever 27 at heart. <laughs> and so I feel like had I stayed on the show, I don't know, I think I would be in a really different position. Yeah. Um, obviously with, you know, a following, but also, I don't know, again, I was never, I think the city and me, we always had a love story. And yeah. so, and nothing would have ever happened. I wouldn't have done music. I wouldn't have gotten the opportunities I've gotten. I wouldn't have gone in at digital advertising. So I just feel like, again, everything happened as it should. Yeah. And you, uh, you, you stopped after the second season, correct? Um, that- yeah. Uh, so I was but- yeah, one and two, I came back for season three and season four, um, like but- a couple episodes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, just a little thing. But yeah, first two seasons. Mm-hmm. And what was, I mean, was that, th- that was an easy thing at the time though, because you could go directly to music. You went to LA. There was no, that probably, you didn't doubt that decision at all at the time, no. right? Uh-uh, no, that was, I was so excited. And I had always loved LA. Slade and I would always fight about me going to LA to party while he had to stay home with the kids. Obviously not the best decision when I was engaged to him, looking back at it now. But at the time, I just wanted to be a kid and like live out my 20s, having fun on the weekends with my girlfriends. Um, but so- I think it's it's interesting to like, uh, I was thinking about if I still had to answer questions about a girlfriend I had 15 years ago, that would be weird, right? But like oh, at the yeah. same time, you have to answer, I mean, you don't have to, but you yeah. probably get asked a lot about questions about a relationship that you have potent, you outgrown, you know, yeah. or not, not outgrown, but you just, time happens and you just yeah. move on, you know? Well- the thing is, is Slade obviously has moved has moved on. I've moved on <laughs> to this day. Slade's moved on a little differently than you've moved on. <laughs> it's <laughs> different, yeah. <laughs> I feel like we're always, he, if he ever hears this, he's going to hate it. But. Oh, by the way, I was reading, sometimes he'll hear things and he then doesn't like, but you've always been so complimentary of him as a dad, I, of him as a, like, I mean, that's the part I'm like, I don't know what he's listening to because I was reading quotes where I was like, wow, she's like extremely nice about him when she doesn't have to be. No, I've always defended the fa- him being an amazing father because I thought he got a really bad rap for that. But, you know, there's been some things that have happened with a ring situation. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, obviously, I don't want to get it, but like there was a, I mean, you, you got to, you got to, like, you were going to replace one of the stones. It was like a placeholder ring. And then he was like, well, she knew about that. She bought it. It was like a weird, convoluted yeah. thing. That and it really to. was an innocent comment that came out that I think he thought I was like trying to get press out of it. And I was like, Slade, that's so not my gig. Like, I'm living in LA doing my thing up here. It was a conversation and it just slipped out. But the point is, is I'm, like we're all, he might not like it, but we're always going to be connected. And so I would love to one day be able to like talk and put everything behind us. Cause we're going to run in the same circles or have interviews about each other. And I've always tried to be nothing but gracious. 
when I can. Yeah. But we, I mean, like, just so every, <laughs> well, just so everybody knows, like, we begged her to come on, you guys. Like, I, like, there's no thirst level here at all. Like, we, I mean, because we, I interview a lot of people, and you can always tell when there's, you know, or somebody that's really trying to push some kind of agenda. And this just is not the case with you. So I think it would be weird to ever paint you in that light because you are the least from, you know, you're like, oh, BravoCon, it might be nice. Like, you're, there's no part of you that is like itching to uh, get back on the show or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm, I'm the happiest I've ever been in LA building what I'm building. How dare you? God, you're the person that's the happiest in LA. I finally found him. (laughs) I mean, listen, I'd love to be at a million followers. So career. (laughs) by the way, and I'll put that, go follow her on Instagram. She's got a really good start, but we'll, we'll get her there. Yeah. Thank you. you. Um, But Um, uh, yeah. So, so yeah. Um, well, what is it though? It, it, the, the the last little thing I do want to ask about Slade though, how weird is it though then to watch Gretchen at the time who you knew? I mean, that is, that's the only, and, and they've, I guess, withstood the test of time. They're still together and have a, a beautiful child and all of that stuff. But at the time, and especially, I mean, that has to be a little weird. Like I, that's like, I would imagine like bro code or whatever. You don't do that. Isn't there a little bit, I mean, now this is water under the bridge, but I, I always thought that was curious and also curious on the part of like Slade, do you just exclusively date housewives? Like, <laughs> I mean, on his part, it is a little suspect, but on the other hand, I guess it's kind of like the environment that you're in, the people that you're surrounded with are housewives and therefore it may make it easier. Type yeah. Of thing. Um, I mean, I, I can't speak for him. I don't know what he was thinking when he decided what he did with as many housewives as he did. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I do believe in girl code. Um, I've already gotten in trouble for saying it once. So I don't know. See, that's the thing. I don't want any, I'm not trying to get anybody in trouble. It's just, these are natural questions that yeah. somebody would ask you like that. I mean, totally. like, I, I, I would ask the same thing of Slade. Like, I mean, like I would ask like, why is that only the people you're attracted to? Like totally. it is. But also yeah. it seems like it, it's worked out. They're still together and all that. Totally. But I, I mean, I do find it interesting that uh, that whole, I mean, they're, cause they're doing the influencer thing now too, uh, yeah. big time, mm-hmm. but even just that transformation. And that's what I find fascinating now about having a history of housewives to look back on is that we got to see where you started and where you are now and how many things, but also this, where he got started, he was like a business dude going into like huge business meetings and then like that completely changed. Like what a weird journey we've watched all of you guys kind of go on, but it seems like you kind of followed maybe your heart and your soul a little bit more in terms of what felt actually right instead of what might've been easier uh, at times. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I could have definitely taken the easy route in terms of like decisions that I made. I could have never left the show. I could have stayed in Orange County. I could have tried to make it work. Um, I, I think it would be interesting to go back now for like a reboot of like the five of us original girls that have all left the show type of thing. Like, yeah. you know how like the Hills is doing a reboot, like everyone's doing a reboot. Type yeah. Thing. Come on. Real housewives of orange County, new beginnings. Right? Like, we gotta, exactly. uh, I, I think that would be fun, but like it's actually shooting us from where we're at. Kind of like Heidi and Spencer are, wherever they're at. Living or in even the Beverly Hills. None of those ladies live in Beverly Hills. They're like yeah. an Encino and all of these weird places, you know? Yeah, exactly. So um, I think well, like that would be fun. But but yeah, no, I think I left Orange County exactly when I should have. So in terms of uh, COVID though, I know it kind of completely 
ground so many things to a halt for me and, and, you know, kind of, I mean, it, it was really good for the podcast in some ways then, cause it kind of grew at that point, but for you, where were you before COVID and what did COVID kind of, did it put a halt to anything? Did it actually, I know you found love, but it is, did it strengthen anything? What was this last year and a half like for you? Um, well, in terms of career, it killed me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was not, it, it decimated so many things. Yeah. Because I, I had just made a decision to quit a 10 plus year career in digital advertising where I was making a lot of money. Yeah. You were successful. And yeah. I, yeah. I was really successful. And I decided, you know what, my heart and my soul really wants to pursue being a content creator. Cause I always love video and editing and photography. And so I told my parents that I was making this big life change. I sold everything. Did they literally. think you were crazy? Oh my gosh. My mom flipped. She was like, you're going to do what? YouTube what? I'm like, we would rather you go back on Real Housewives of Orange County than (laughs) do this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And the thing is, is like, I gave back the fancy BMW. I gave back all my stuff and literally just rented couches from girlfriends because I wasn't sure how much I was going to make or how it was going to work. And I was like, you know what? I built a successful you know, digital advertising agency once I can do it again. And literally three months in, boom, COVID hit. Hey guys, folks, summer is just around the corner. So it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. And luckily I found Quince. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must haves like 100% European linen shirts from $30 performance polos and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, sorry to interrupt. Uh, Joe's amazing, isn't she? I got to do a commercial real quick. Just take two minutes. Guys, it's your old friend, Ryan. You did not start the pot over again. It is commercial time, but also a commercial for a brand that I am proud to represent, and that is Dame. So we've talked about on this show before that we should definitely seek out what's right for us, not compromise on what is most important. Now, our relationships, they should add value to our lives especially in the bedroom, right? So why don't we think the same way about our sex toys? 
Now, Dame Products, this is why this company is cool. It is a women, a woman-owned sex toy company. They're making the next generation of vulva-tested, vulva-approved vibrators. I've said vulva way too many times already. So it's founded by a sex educator and an engineering whiz. Dame develops toys with the help of real humans and couples like you. They're closing the pleasure gap and helping the world one vulva at a time. So their vibrators and accessories are made with medical-grade silicone, smart design principles, and lots of love, earning glowing press from the New York Times, W Magazine, and many more. So whether you're a couple looking for an extra boost where it matters or on a journey of self-exploration, which is a very valid journey, by the way, and everybody should have a journey of self-exploration at some point. But we are sure here at So Bad It's Good that they will earn a spot on your nightstand. Now, I personally recommend the Ava. It's a couple's vibrator giving you clitoral stimulation during penetrative sex. It's flexible wings tuck under your labia for a snug fit. And the best part, Dame offers hassle-free returns within 60 days. So your satisfaction is literally guaranteed. Listen to that, okay? Like, really, 60 days satisfaction guaranteed. That's a huge thing, hassle-free returns. So go to dameproducts.com, D-A-M-E products.com forward slash so bad today for 15% off site-wide. Again, go to dameproducts.com forward slash so bad today for 15% off site-wide. Even if you don't buy something, folks, Go use my little www address and see if you like something on there. You never know, right? You never know. And I will tell you the last time that this commercial uh, was on uh, a couple weeks ago, a couple people bought products and they said they're really good. And I I, I have a product um, that I guess, guess I'm waiting for the uh, right person to break it in with. <laughs> fake it in with but you guys this is the real deal this is a real company they seem to be doing it the right way and i think it's really cool that a woman uh founded this and then it's run by women you can't have better than that women know what women want so okay i have talked about this way too much mom if you're listening i got you one too mom back to joe and obviously that put a humongous halt and strain to brand deals and if people don't know how you make money as a content creator on instagram Brands will pay you to post. You can create videos for them on YouTube and you get paid and stuff like that. So, but a lot of brands stop spending because the messaging of like use Tide with bleach and go out and have fun with friends and family, all of a sudden people, advertisers were like, what's our new message? And masks weren't the thing yet. We didn't even know what this thing was. So yeah, I definitely struggled for the first six to eight months. Um, thank goodness for EDD <laughs> coming. I in mean, for that. real. I mean, like yeah, I, yeah. I was on that too. I mean, it really did save the day in some ways, you know? Yeah. A million percent. And, and I think that people, you know, they get embarrassed talking about this stuff. And I'm like, no, like people need to know, yes, you have to bartend when you come off of a hot show. <laughs> yes, you have to be on EDD when you jump careers and you're trying to make it like, it's not all glamorous. And for me, I've always been very transparent. I'm not ashamed of anything. This is my story. And it's going to be so much sweeter in the end once I make it, but I want people to see the struggle and the journey and the blood, sweat, tears along the way. Cause that's the real story, you know? Did you watch that documentary, uh, Fake Famous, that no. uh, was on HBO? It was no, on HBO over COVID. Either. You got to watch it because it's really about uh, content creators, but seeing if they could 
they could cast people to try to get them to be successful content creators. So they, they, and then they bought them followers. They bought them all these things. And like one girl actually ended up being successful and got all these brand deals. One guy felt really bad about like somebody commented like, Oh, these are like bot followers. And he got freaked out and like, it, but it was really interesting because it sees, it shows kind of what social media does to the people and, and how people can succeed at it by connecting with an actual audience. You really got to check it out. I think you would really, really dig it. I but, totally need, what does a day for you look like now though in terms and what what is your what is your definition of a content creator I guess um yeah so basically a content creator for me is literally when I get a brand deal or a product or whatever I'm the one that shoots it I have an amazing DSLR um Canon Mark 35D and then I'm the nerd (laughs) <laughs> I'm such a, I'm such a tech nerd. Um, and then also when it comes to like my YouTube videos, um, I set it up. I, I bought all the sickest lighting equipment. You yeah. Know, by I, the way, I see, I see a huge uh, ring light in the background. I yep, see like, yeah. yeah, you got all like, we have soft boxes. I mean, there's a whole studio back Please. here. And then I'm the one that actually edits in Final Cut Pro. I think a lot of people go into content creating, but they pay someone to edit. They pay someone to shoot. Like I do everything myself. Yes, I have photographers that obviously shoot me sometimes for more high quality premium content. But nowadays with Instagram and the trend being just really raw and authentic content, I think brands and and audiences are connecting more with that type of content versus all the fancy premium stuff um, type thing. At least my likes and engagement go higher when I do it. And, um, and yeah, video editing, like people don't realize how many hours it takes. That Real Housewives reaction video I just posted on my YouTube took me three entire days to edit. Cause I'm editing, I'm doing all the punches and graphics and everything. And so yeah, and it's, it's beautiful. It's really beautiful. Yeah. You guys, if you, and a lot of my listeners really dig YouTube. So I think it actually really is a cool thing that you're doing, but so much of it is made in editing so much of like, or yeah. even the podcast, like so much of it is. And that's why it's like, I would never let somebody edit my own stuff because it's yeah. so personal now. And you kind of develop a style as you go. Completely. Are you finding uh, your style as you go? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, I try to hire video editors. I try to hire interns and teach them like the way I want it. But at the end of the day, nobody knows my personality, my reactions, my moments better than myself, or really how to tell the story that I'm wanting to tell better than me. And so I kind of just took it back and took on editing myself on. I really have a passion for it also. So yeah, and this isn't overnight. I mean, you have to really like anything out here. It's like one of the, it's, it's a grind. Like it's oh, just yeah. not giving up and like how obsessed are you? Cause I get obsessed with like numbers and things like that. Oh, and I yeah. try not to look at it. Cause then I get, cause then I'll just yeah. throw my day off. But oh, at yeah. the same time, it's always there. I mean, are you, are you like that as well? A million percent. I'm such an analytics, like numbers, clicks, click through rate geek. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how do you, how do you keep, like, that's the question I always ask myself is how do you uh, marry those two of wanting to be successful, but also wanting to be true to yourself and actually share who you are with an audience. So, because the audiences are so sophisticated now that they can pick up BS really, really quick. Yeah. How do you marry those two for you? Well, number one, with a lot of whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I'll just have you know, she's been drinking this entire time. It's been, <laughs> it's been entire time. Um, and the second thing is like, oh man, it's so hard. It's actually a daily struggle. I mean, I can't tell you how many times a month 
probably once every two to three months, I will have a come to Jesus. What am I doing with my life? Why did I quit my career? Is this really what I'm doing? Am I too old to be doing this moment? Right? Yeah. But especially when you put out a video, you work so hard and you literally get like, not the views that you're wanting to. Yeah. At the end of the day, like when you get those messages and people are like, I'm watching your videos. This is what I look forward to every day. Like you've made my day. You've inspired me. Like those comments, I swear it sounds so cheesy. It's the thing that keeps me going. It helps so much. And and sometimes they come at just the right time when you're at your lowest moment. And it it is so weird. And I, and I hate to even like, you know, cause you don't want to need anybody. You don't want to you know, but it is one of those things that sometimes it really does pick you up. And that's why I tell everybody like, you know, go support, like the, you do this job for free for the most part until things start working. (laughs) And it's not, I mean, there is no, some kind of internal greed with the people that really want to be doing this is just that you feel like you have something to share, you know? So it is something to really support. Um, what, uh, I mean, are, is it, is it, but it, I have to think though, you are getting like YouTube actually looks great. Like you are, I feel like those signs are like turning. I mean, are you feeling it, it's getting there or? Yeah. Yeah. I'm feeling the love. Like I, I, my channel has definitely grown. It's not to the numbers that I want it to be, especially when I do magazine interviews, like I did a couple of weeks ago and I ended up getting called a, so, it was so funny because I won't name the name of the magazine, but they started to go through all the housewives and what they're doing. Oh, I know. Now. I know who it is. Yeah. 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 And they were like, this person, you know, they're super successful. And then Joe DeLaRosa, what's she doing now? Well, she's a small scale YouTuber. And I was like, could we have just left the small scale <laughs> out? Like I just started a year ago. I, it doesn't take an overnight, like it's not an overnight thing, you know? No, it's not. I mean, that's why it's so funny. And <laughs> nothing can, like one sentence cannot encapsulate a person's career. You right. Know? And I've, so I have to push that stuff out of my head and just see that the numbers are going and people are excited and know you can't watch me on TV yet. I'd love to have another reality show one day. But wait, wait, what would that reality show be? What would that reality show, if you could pitch a reality show based around your life, what would it be? I think it would honestly be like exactly what I'm doing now, which is not the influencer project, but kind of the influencer project in the sense of like, have nobody sees what happens to reality stars after they've left a really hot show. Like what does life look like normal? You know what I mean? Well, I mean, and especially over, I mean, now you, you're a decade out after it. Uh, but like, I always, I'm very curious, God, I wish you could do like a little thing on your, your channel about just that first year for somebody fresh off the show, because that, I mean, and especially now because so much is tied into social media, that rarefied air that you're breathing when you're on a show and you have an audience and to fall from that, that first year, I mean, we've seen it with like Tamra and even Vicky kind of lost her mind. You know, you see those things. It's just got to be weird. Like you now have adjusted, but like it's a lot of people. No, that's what I'm saying. Like it's this whole cottage because reality shows didn't exist really 20 plus years ago. This is all new. So we're now seeing the after effects of somebody of people's lives, you know, deeply after these shows end. Yeah, totally. And I think, you know, when you're hot off the show, I mean, you get deals upon, upon deals just thrown at you. I you're getting- turning down deals. You're like, not even, yeah. yeah. You get paid a ridiculous amounts of money at the time, pre-COVID to show up at clubs and do appearances. And you're really hot for that first year coming off. And then all of a sudden, the deals and the phone calls slowly start to die off. And you're like, what, 
uh, like you, you don't know what to do with yourself, you know? Um, and you notice it in the moment or in retrospect, you go, yeah, I guess it kind of dried up. Or are you freaking out every day? I'm like, I didn't get a call today. I didn't get like, do you remember that period of time? Uh, I definitely felt that everything slowed down. Like the deals from my agent that I had at the time were slowing down. I wasn't getting as many email, like requests for stuff. And it just slowly started to fizz where right off the show, you know, I had landed this amazing handbag campaign where my face was on seven billboards across Sunset Boulevard and streamed across buses. Like that was the height of my career to then go to quiet after probably like a year, I would say. And it is, you have to take a really hard look at yourself in the mirror and be like, remembering who you are and like, what are you going to do from here? Because you either, and for me, it was just, you know, try, try to go back to like a normal life because that's where I came from. I wasn't trying to be an actress or famous or anything, you know, so my, it sounded like Slade was, you you just went along (laughs) for the ride, you know, mine was just like, I wanted to be a CEO and a boss and own a company and Bethany Frankel it not, not on a product level, but from like a running business level. And that's what I tried. But eventually my love of creative, you know, my creativity and everything really pulled me back in. And because I'm now back in this content creator space, the doors of Housewives has opened up again and is so relevant because it's a lot of the reasons why it opens a lot of doors for me. And so, yeah, I mean, you got to use whatever it is at your disposal. Like, I mean, that's, you still have to show up and be yourself and be somebody people like, but whatever gets you in that door. I mean, it was the same as an actor. It's like people say, Oh, if you're related to somebody, it's like, you still have to be good. You still have, but it's like getting that opportunity is so hard. It is like that one opportunity. So whatever it takes, you got to use it. And that's what I'm saying. Like you better keep using it, but you you got to like, you, this is the moment. And I think this is what makes people, I was talking to Shane Keogh last week and he was talking about when he didn't, when he, when he found out he was, uh, he got cut from the minor league baseball team. He was 24. He thought he was going to be in a baseball dynasty. He was supposed to be the golden boy. And then he had to turn around and drive home to Orange County. And I was like, what a weird drive to realize that you can either choose right now to just, just, you know, you, you could go and like, you know, hook up with a bunch of cocktail servers for the rest of his life in OC and just, or he could like turn, he could make his life what he wanted, but it seems like you had a kind of decision too. And it seems like you were choosing the right thing as well. Totally. And, and for me, like it was never about the money, obviously, because I didn't stay with Slade (laughs) at the height, you know, like I was never the girl trying to find the guy with the money type thing. And so for me, even in my own career, I, it wasn't about how much money I'm making, but like, am I waking up every day absolutely fulfilled with what I'm doing? And yes, so much money, but the stress and it wasn't my passion. And also I was making these advertising agencies because it was the same thing I was doing millions of dollars. And I was like, well, I'm building their company. Why don't I just become the brand and do the same thing I do pitching brands and closing them, but for me. It's just so hard though, to represent yourself, you know, to sell yourself is one of the hardest things because I think we have this kind of natural, uh, inclination to think like, uh, I'd rather people just discover me than like sell yourself. You'd rather somebody else. So, so it's like that, it really is the toughest thing about being in Los Angeles or anything in the arts, you know, you have to eat humble pie every day. And I think that that's, what's kept me grounded. Like people come up to me still to this day and they're like, Joe, but to me, it's like, 
I'm just Joe. Like I'm. You are. I mean, I got to tell you, you really are insanely grounded. I was nervous going into this, and you, you were, you've just been, you really just, you seem like somebody I would be friends with. Like that is, I mean, that's not a compliment. That's all right. Yeah, but no, I just, I, no, but I'm saying you just seem so. Uh, cool normal? I mean it's just normal yeah but like but in a great way you seem open you don't seem like beaten down by life like uh some people can you know that's because I got Jesus in my heart and a lot of whiskey in my back <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Jesus and whiskey that's always the two well I was talking about Alexis Alexis Bellino about her faith does your faith play a huge part in your life on a daily basis? Absolutely every day. It's literally the one thing. It's my sanity. It's the only thing I have to hold on to when I am having an absolute midlife crisis or breakdown about what I'm doing in my career. Like it's how I started the name of my company, 356 Digital Media. It's after my favorite proverb or scripture, Proverbs 356. Like, What is that? What is that scripture? Um, trust the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will lead your path straight. And the thing is, is it's just about like when you don't and you can't see the light at the end and you're in the middle of the darkness, like the one thing that you can hold on to is hope, is faith. It's not over. There is something to look forward to um, and something that you can count on, which is him. I have learned in my life. Um, he's always been faithful. And just when I think I'm about to throw in the towel, something amazing happens, you know, so it's, it's so, so, I attribute my success to. That's really beautiful. Actually. I mean, that really, uh, I mean, has it always been like that or did you come, I mean, did you, did your faith deepen or have you always been a very, uh, religious, faithful person? Uh, no, it's definitely, there's been my dark times of partying and, you know, being in the scene in Hollywood and kind of going away from all of that. And then as I got a little bit older, really finding my relationship with God. Um, but especially now in these times of uncertainty and not knowing if you can keep the lights on tomorrow or where your next deal is going to come from or whatever, like faith is kind of like all I have and what gets me through my day. Because if not, what else is there? You yeah. Know? Wow. That's really, that's, that's really tough. I'm, uh, that's awesome. Um now I can't ask any more housewives. Now I'm like, well, that you can't, you can't, you, I, God is like the number one. I can't ask another question about Slade. There's like, um, well, <laughs> well, well, I, you know, I had that Hollywood period too, where it was like, you know, I, I remember like Christina Aguilera, Britney Spears, all those people when they were clubbing all together. Like I remember carrying Christina Aguilera out at one point. Like I remember you probably saw a lot of these things too. Did you date within that too? Please don't tell me you dated John Mayer or anything like that. Is there? No. Uh, Okay. I, I was definitely surrounded by it a lot. And I have definitely had my dates with certain people that are, you know, in Wait, that stature. Tom Hanks. Who are we talking about here? Come on. It's <laughs> Maybe some music people. Um, but, uh, but I think, you know, and even like I got set up with NFL athlete guys and I don't know, it's really hard to date somebody in the industry. Like, I mean, at least for me, like I, I kind of, that's why I love Taryn. Cause he's Which is, not, by the way, that's, that's her, her guy, you guys. Yeah, Taryn, yeah. Yes. My boyfriend. So that's why I love him because like, yes, he's in Hollywood and in that world, but he's not Hollywood. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like it keeps me grounded. Like he has a very successful musical theater production company. They've got a couple musicals off Broadway, about to get on Broadway. Um, But like he stays so humble and grounded. And because it's not movies and TV and kind of that world, I don't know. It kind of normalizes. How did you guys meet? Um, on Hinge. Super <laughs> <a> romantic story. <laughs> I love the people that meet their their significant others on it because they always there's like a like a uh, hinge. What, what yeah. was that? Hinge. hinge yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like a little cough. Yeah. I mean, you know what? It's really funny because I really was and am still such a romantic. Like I thought I was gonna go to Coffee Bean and grab coffee off of you know the counter <laughs> and turn around and bump into him and and throw coffee all over him and be like, oh, excuse me, and look up, and there he is. You guys, 10 years living in the city, that is so far from the truth. The truth is, people are so busy in LA, Yeah, they don't even stop to look at you. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> and plus, that just sounds messy with the coffee. That sounds like a lot of cleanup. That's, uh, yeah. But it is funny. You do. Ex- I was talking about this with a friend yesterday, is that we, we are so... Uh, we have these romantic uh, visions in our head because of movies and TV and pop culture. I was just talking about sleep, sleepless in Seattle yesterday and just what we expected. It almost kind of, it's not the reality of these situations or of being in an actual relationship. I mean, it, but it, it makes us believe, and I, I'm not saying that there is not, I'm, cause I'm sure you guys are completely romantic in your relationship, but yeah. sometimes those meet cutes are never as meet cute as you see them to be on TV. No, when I met Taryn, he, he had this disclaimer on his profile that said, isn't open to meeting anybody in COVID. And I was, cause it was COVID. So he was just open to chatting on the app. And I was like, okay, perfect. Cause my YouTube channel had just come out at the time I was co-hosting a podcast um, that I'm no longer with pop candy, but I was kind of focused on all of that. And and I was like, perfect. He doesn't want to meet. I'm too busy to meet. This is going to be amazing. And I think when you're not looking is when- Wait, how happens. long did, wait, when did he, when did he back off that? I don't want to meet some, like how far into it was like, you know, we got to meet like- Oh, probably after like two phone calls. <laughs> oh, what a, oh man. He did, couldn't even hold yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think we knew pretty early on because, you know, we were, and it was funny because we were, we would talk over Zoom. We would, you know, FaceTime was a thing. We would do dinners over Zoom and watch movies over Zoom. So we really were getting to know each other over a screen because that's really all we had. That's all, yeah. Yeah, three months, I think, uh, before we actually ever met. By then, we were already in a relationship. I had already said, I love you. Like, I've, I've said this before, but I really did feel like I was living in my own love is blind like, yeah, I mean, that yeah, is kind so. of like, we. I mean, I, I can't wait to, I mean, I hope Zoom someday just falters completely. I mean, like, it would be nice to never have to use Zoom again. And somebody yeah. was talking about, oh, well, you know, if you're vaccinated and all that stuff, you can, you can meet in person. And I was like, oh my God, what? I don't, like, I, I can never, I, can, I don't even know what it would be like to interview somebody in person anymore. I'm so okay. used to a screen. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Um, um, as, as we start wrapping up, I is there any, like, do things stick out like uh, about the experience of Orange County that has always stayed with you in terms of moments or, or things that we might think of as iconic moments, uh, how they were for you? Yeah, I mean, I definitely want to burn that French made costume. And that gets brought up a lot. It's, it's <laughs> kind of attached to you. Yeah, I no longer have it, but in my mind, I burn it daily. 
Um, sky tops should never come back as a trend ever, even though they made our boobs look really good. Yeah, by the way, the first, the second episode, you and uh, I'm uh, blanking on her name, we're talking to just about the boobs in Orange County. Oh, all Kimberly. The Kimberly, sorry. Yeah, yeah I, for, I was just re-watching. I, I forgot all about Kimberly. She was I great. Oh, Kimberly. Yeah. I know. I'm like, where'd you go, Kimberly? Um, yeah, so I would say that. And I think, like, I will definitely never forget, especially like second season, just how fun, and I don't think they get enough credit like the, the crew was. Like, we really did become a family. And even myself with the girls, like, it really was. I think what I appreciate about our season was how real it was and authentic, as authentic as it could be. Um, because we really were a family, all five of us and the crew and cast and everything. So those are my fondest memories. And, yeah. and I think that in itself makes our season so different than everything that is now, because now everything is so produced and, you know, set up and, and stuff like that. And so um, I kind of hold it dear to my heart um, as the early days of reality TV. I mean, I mean, that's why I do you, this, you are iconic. You will go down in history. This is because there really are so many people that love, I mean, I mean, like passionately love these shows. I mean, I have a whole podcast about people that just want to hear about reality shows, but to be a huge part of that, I think like, that's why I always was obsessed with being an actor or something like that, just because if I have, when I die, if I ever die, I know it'll probably never happen, but like you, 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 that lives past you, you, that lives beyond you. That will always that saying that you were there, you have done something with your life. And I know that's not necessarily the case now when I think back to like high school me, but it is so cool that you did it, you know? Yeah. Thank um, you. So uh, the other thing I just while talking to you, why don't you track down people like Kimberly and all that and men put them on a YouTube video or something like you guys actually shared this really cool. I mean, there's no text thread between all of the first five ladies. Come yeah, on. no, there definitely is. Oh, <laughs> yes, I, I still, I still talk to Gina, you know, we'll keep in touch Lori over um, uh, social media. Shane, yeah. I just talked to a couple of days ago over DM Ashley Zarlin, which is Lori's daughter. So we all still keep in touch for sure. Um, which is great. Kimberly completely don't know what happened. I heard she moved away somewhere. Um, we guys, we must find Kimberly, please yes. find Kimberly and let yes. us know where she is. I think I found her social media, but it's private. It's like, something. yeah, that is wild. Yeah. So I think she's kind of under the radar. So, and then uh, last question, when did you know that the show was a success? Like you shoot this stuff, you still don't know it's going to mean anything or like even be seen. When did you start going like, Oh my God, I think people might be watching this. It was literally when I got invited to my very first big event and I had no idea anybody knew who I was. Um, it was the Roberto Cavalli um, alcohol launch party where he was back in the day launching a vodka. And I literally came out of an improv class, shaved <laughs> my legs and got ready at a 7-Eleven across the street to get ready for this event because it was a last minute thing. I had clothes in the car and a razor. Why? I have no idea. Perfect. But I got ready. And as I'm like walking up to this humongous house in the hills, there's this carpet and they were like, just walk down there. And I didn't, I know this is crazy. I did not see the line of photographers on my right side until I heard somebody be like, Joe, look over here. And all of a sudden click flash. And all of a sudden, all these cameras start going off. Joe, Joe De La Rosa, Joe. And people are calling my name and I'm like, what the hell is happening? Like I, I that was the first time I knew, holy crap. Like what just happened? 
So it was a very surreal experience. Wow, what a what a moment! And I mean, I guess the only cool thing about not having social media is that you didn't have to go deal with any antics about now all the housewives fight on social media with each other. You didn't have to do any of that stuff. I mean, so there were some blessings. But um, yeah. Joe Joe De La Rosa, thank you so much. You were beyond cool. You guys, yeah. you need to go subscribe to her YouTube channel. You need yeah. to go follow her on Instagram. <laughs> you need to go stream that album on Spotify. Uh, I mean, there are so many things we can actually support you right now. Is there anything else that I'm forgetting? I mean, you're. So, I want to take you everywhere with me to be my hype man. <laughs> Please, yeah. But by the way, what about Joe De La Rosa, everybody? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I think you covered everything. Thank you. <laughs> well, I you really do mean a lot to me and to a lot of people out there. So they're going to be so excited to hear you. But uh-huh. uh, thank you so much, and hopefully we will talk to you again when you're. Well, you know what? You're probably going to be too big of an influencer, and you will never talk to us again. No way. Hopefully, you can. We can get an update at some point. I would love that. Thank you. You guys, you just heard a great interview, but I I saw something over the weekend and I needed to put this in here and she was lucky enough. I we were lucky enough that she agreed to come back on just so she could share her good news. Uh I feel like we're we're responsible for this in a way, you guys. So, uh, uh Joe De La Rosa, welcome back and could you share with us what good news you're celebrating? Well, you guys, I'm engaged. Whoa, wow. Okay, what? so that's crazy. We talked last week and then this just happened like a couple days ago, right? Literally three days ago, two days ago. Yeah. Did you know this was coming? I mean, did you know it was eminent? Did you know like in a couple days this was happening when I talked Absolutely to you? Absolutely not. Like we had talked about it, obviously, but he had said to me, you know, before the end of the summer and by summer, I mean the end of August. So I was like, okay, <laughs> I knew, I knew he had asked my parents and we had been like, you know, discussing. Yeah. Yeah. We'd been discussing and we had gone window shopping to see like what kind of rings I liked and stuff like that. But he planned this completely elaborate story. Yeah. How did he do it? That's what I want to know. My brother was involved. My girlfriend neighbor was involved. Like, to completely decoy what was actually happening. Um, so he proposed, it was a surprise perform- proposal on my rooftop, um, like overlooking all of Hollywood, which of oh course is romantic in the evening. Thank God the and- helicopters weren't out uh, <laughs> like in the pandemic. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And then um, he had actually tricked me and told me we were supposed to be going to Magic Castle that night with my little brother and his girlfriend to celebrate his job promotion he just got. So he had doctored up this fake magic castle confirmation. Like he Photoshopped it magic (laughs) castle confirmation that had the dress code details or reservation time. And at the very bottom, there was like a code and it said like BS, you know, 2021, but like, I didn't put two and two together because I didn't read the code. I just was like quickly. Most people would not. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But it was like, they were all in on it. And then my girlfriend, um, who's also my neighbor had group texted. There's like 18 of us on this group chat in my building a week prior to that had been like, Hey guys, I'm going to be shooting a video on the rooftop. I need to clear the rooftop. Friday at eight o'clock, please don't go up there. Not realizing that that was for my proposal. And then she texts me two days later and is like, hey, so about my video shoot, could you be up there at nine o'clock? I'd love for you to make a cameo. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, I wish I could, but I'm going to Magic Castle that night. Oh my God. <laughs> so 
to get all dressed up, lashes, black sequence dress, thinking like, we're about to go to dinner. And just as we're leaving, Taryn comes up to me and he's like, hey, babe, you know, your girlfriend, Stephanie, has been such a great friend. Why don't we just quickly go to the rooftop before we head to Magic Castle just to like show her support? Let's just stop by her video shoot. And I was like, I mean, we can, but she's You're like, no, I don't want to be. No, I don't like music videos. No. Yeah. <laughs> So I was like, he was like, no, you know, let's just show, show us her, show us the support. I was like, all right. So we go up there and as we're going up the steps, I see like all the stuff on the floor and like all the setup. And I was like, wow, it looks like they really trashed the place because my eyes like weren't in focus yet. Not realizing it's rose petals on the ground. <laughs> There's a little white lights. Like you're in a live the episode head. of the bachelor all of a sudden. This is I amazing. Totally felt like I was in an episode of The Bachelor and right before we get to it, he turns back and he's like, honey, we're not going to Magic Castle and this is not a video shoot. And I was like, wait, what? And all of a sudden he opens the door to the patio and we walk in. There's photographers, there's videographers, there's all these people dressed in black and all of a sudden lights come up. It's like, it was a whole production. This better be in your YouTube video. You better be, I, that that better be why they're filming. Yeah. Yeah. So what's crazy is he, at the end of it, I mean, there was a song he wrote and sang to me before, like. Was he nervous? Was he shaking and sweaty or anything like that? That's what's so crazy. He was that's so crazy. calm and collected being the performer he is. But I, like, that's why I didn't suspect anything because he was so calm all the way up yeah like you know usually see sweats or something yeah exactly i'd be like so that's amazing and then how long did it take you to say yes um i mean right away he got (laughs) i mean it took me it took me a couple seconds of like my hands over my face being in shock but it was that little like white i always told him i wanted my girlfriend had this like light that shines down on the engagement ring and oh, he it- had that in the box. But what's weird is he didn't request it. It came with the ring we got. So it was kind of all meant to be. <laughs> and by the way, you I you are wearing a real ring right now. I think I saw that is amazing. So that is, uh, that really is a beautiful, I don't know rings, but that looks like gorgeous. Um, so th- I, I was just so excited to read that. And I was like, oh my God, I need, because it was such a great interview. And I was so, it was just so cool to read that. And I was like, wow, everything is coming up Joe all of a sudden. Uh, so congratulations. <laughs> and I, uh, Taryn's a very lucky man and you're a very lucky woman. And that's, I mean, are you guys already, you guys already know, are you getting, are you going to go run away to Vegas and elope? Yeah. You- we we want to start planning. Well, um, so he had told me at the end of it, he's like, honey, what kind of a partner would I be if I didn't actually capture all of this for your YouTube channel? So wow, um, the song he wrote me is "Become My Wife." That's going to be out for streaming, and then the <laughs> yes. video is going to be out on my YouTube channel as well. You better then- wait, wait, wait. When is this coming out so I can direct everybody? I already told them to go to your YouTube, but when is this going to come out potentially yes. so they can watch for it? So we don't have an exact date, but I'm thinking like in the next two weeks, be on the lookout for sure. Yeah, this is going to be like Kanye's new album. You're going to keep post, but we need this out now. Um, exactly. But that is just and then, so and cool. And all the planning, we're going to also be documenting it all for my channel. So it'll be really fun to just have like all our fans and stuff, just like an audience just come along the ride of like planning with us. So No, I saw the, the page six and all that stuff. They all picked the story up. Did you get a lot of people reaching out to congratulate you? Was it, yeah. was it a, lot of, a lot of love? It was so crazy like my post when we announced it it was a very casual like morning after 
like yeah. announcement. And I mean, I've never gotten more likes, more comments, more congratulatory. I've never gotten more outlets, Us Weekly, Entertainment, pages. Like, story, I was like, holy crap, you guys all really still care. Okay. No, that's what I think is really cool about that. I mean, people genuinely uh, seemed really excited to hear this news. So I, I was like, I would really love to talk to you about it because it just, it was such a great interview. And I think it's such goodwill. I think people will really be happy about uh, hearing about this news. So thank you so much for, for coming on just to share that little bit with us. And you guys, once again, go, go follow her YouTube channel, follow that adventure. I think we got a reality show right here. I think this is the, the, but just, it couldn't have happened to a better person and, and just congratulations. You're so sweet. Thank you. Five, four, three. Betches.